0: Doing, Johnny, I'm back, and it's the Bricks and Water Podcast. Great to have you back. Listen, me bad, I've just been so busy, I haven't been able to get all the podcasts out that I wanted to, and I really do apologize for that. I'm going to try and make it up to you all. I've got Nigel Hammonds who's going to come on and talk about Airbnb. I think this is really going to resonate with a lot of you out there, mainly because I popped it on LinkedIn to say that I'd spoken to him about Airbnb and serviced accommodation, financing, and the thing just exploded on LinkedIn. I think we had over 2,000 views, 26 uh, comments, and it's clearly something that a lot of you out there have got a big interest in. And it's no surprise because the problems that you are getting with your PRA tenants, the lack of your ability to be able to keep the tenants in there for a six-month period, no wonder you're looking at trying to increase your revenues. And what a better way than doing it than serviced accommodation and Airbnb but you're treading a very fine line without the backup of somebody like the Scottish Building Society or, say, Leeds Building Society, two of the only lenders that are actually prepared to look at Airbnb. There's so many of you out there who are doing the Airbnb on the back of lending, which technically is for a short assured sure tenancy. And here's the issue that you're running you're probably, unless you start thinking about remortgaging, you are only going to be able to, at the moment anyway, look at a couple of lenders to take your Airbnb or your service to accommodation lending. That's Scottish Building Society and also Leeds Building Society. You run the risk if you are with a lender you run the risk of having to stay with that particular lender because you're not going to be able to remortgage with another lender other than those two because the lender's going to immediately look at your bank statement. If you can't produce a PRA tenancy, they're going to look at your bank statement and they're going to see an irregular income coming in and they're going to suss that you're not doing a short assured tenancy or a PRA tenancy and you're doing Airbnb and that's going to scupper your chances for moving away. So you're going to be stuck with product transfer and that's okay if you're able to get a decent rate. Um, But for a lot of these buy to let lenders, they give you a great introductory rate. But then when you come to product transfer, then they've got you by the short and curlies. So a great conversation with Nigel. I'm going to put that on now. Hopefully, we'll get a great deal of feedback for that. After, what I'm going to do is I'm going to talk about where we are with the business, bricks and mortar, mortgages, and we're going to have a chat about Nationwide Building Society, and they are beginning to send out letters. I'll tell you a little bit more about this, but they're starting to send out letters to those those borrowers who they are pretty sure are running buy-to-lets on the back of resi mortgages. So that's an interesting insight. Spoke to Donald MacVicar there of Nationwide Building Society a little while back. And then finally, I'll tell you a little bit more about the upcoming seminar that I'm going to go to. It's Auction House Scotland, John Loudon. He does some great... Organising of the Auction House Scotland seminar series. I've missed the last couple. I've been a little bit slow off the mark to get my, my place, but I've got one booked. And you know who I'm really looking forward to having a chat with is Paul Barry. He's going to be doing stuff on Sasses. And uh, yeah, I'm very keen to get him on the show because I think that that might be funding which could, I think, unlock a lot of potential mm-hmm. For everybody listening out there So let's see if we can get him on But without any further ado Let's have a chat with Nigel No, 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 we're not filming Don't worry, it's just a recording recording. You don't need to worry about No, no, I I can't remember I'd I'd watched one of We did a couple Back in the day we did did some videos We put them on um, Facebook Uh Uh, We did a few Facebook Lives yeah. Uh, and yeah, they, they went pretty well. Uh, it's a bit of a hassle having to get the Facebook done, but yeah, it, 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 sometimes it's it's better. Um, but we generally just do the stuff on the um, uh, just the the verbal stuff. So so yeah. that's good. So so it is the first time that I've had anybody from. Mm-hmm. building societies or banks and so yeah. listen I'm very grateful for you to to come along and have a chat where we're, this afternoon we've got Nigel Hammonds from the Scottish Building Society in and um, he's agreed to have a chat now for those of you who deal with banks and building societies the Scottish Building Society you, you guys are on the TV at the moment I saw that there was an advert yeah
1: that, that's right yeah we just uh, started doing some tv adverts oh, again just fantastic. recently so yes and how's that been going uh, yeah it's been going good great. feedback we, we, we had some great feedback and yep. uh, we've even had some uh, customers coming into the branch all oh, right inquiring about the retirement interest only mortgage which the tv adverts were uh, were, were highlighting
0: yeah and uh, are the tv adverts going to be highlighting any other aspects of of what the building society do or is it are you just focusing on the retirement side of things
1: well, we, we, we have a whole host of different products. Yeah. The adverts are about the, the retirement interest only, uh-huh. bit, but there's also uh, about raising awareness of the Scottish Building Society. We've just opened a new branch on Queen Street in Glasgow oh, as well. Okay. Uh, so it's about raising our profile as well, uh, You know, uh, not just for our existing members, but uh-huh. obviously future members as well.
0: Because the Scottish Building Society, I've just written down some of the stuff. I tell you what, you do some quirky stuff and Mm -hmm. it's great from a mortgage advisor's perspective where you get so many clients who are a little bit not run-of-the-mill and they want a little bit more quirkiness, a little bit more of a bank or a building society looking at their circumstances and saying you know what that fits our criteria and one of the best things that you've got is that your underwriting is done by an individual so the likes of me can phone the phone you guys up and you can get through to the underwriter and actually speak to them which is an absolute godsend in in this day and age.
1: Yeah absolutely Um, you know we we agree all of our mortgage enquiries on, on a personal basis we're able to look at individual or unique circumstances and and apply that human being factor mm-hmm. to somebody's circumstances that might not just be um, a, a tick box in terms of having a client who, who perfectly fits that tick box yeah, yeah. and often you know life gets in the way and people ultimately you know their circumstances change or, or they're not just as straightforward as as somebody going to work and having a, a basic salary, they may have income from different sources. Yeah, um, that they, they, they may have, you know, different backgrounds, and we're able to obviously apply uh, that, that that unique underwriting uh, method to be able to agree those off the wall scenarios. I mean,
0: some of the things um, we're going to talk about one particular aspect of, of what you you do. Um, which uh, I think will be great for those listening who are, are obviously doing the buy-to-let side of things. So um, you do self-build. Um, you've guest houses is a thing that you do. Um, you, you've got a 95% product for professionals, which is great. Um, Guarantor mortgages that you look at. Commercial, you lend above commercial premises, which for those of you who are, are dealing with mortgages can be a real issue um, for for some lenders, and then you've got flats at ninety five percent loan to value, um, which is is excellent as well for for new build stuff. That's that that's correct,
1: yeah. And those are all great examples of uh, areas that uh, we feel are underserved by the high street banks, mm-hmm. and therefore we want to you know offer mortgages or, or be you know a lender who is able to help those types of customers that are just. Uh, as I say a little bit different a little bit off the wall yeah Uh, and and those are good examples
0: of of some of the areas um, that that we are able to to help with. So what I wanted to talk to you about today was buy to let and in particular your holiday lets and your your Airbnb now the the market is is now become certainly in, in Edinburgh especially is so saturated with Airbnb, The the council have started to take uh, a view on that. I know Glasgow City Council are starting to take a view on that through here, um, but it is very difficult to get lending uh, with any high street lender on an Airbnb, but this is something that you've seen as far as a possible market opportunity for you. Um, so tell us a little bit about what your offering is there as far as that's concerned.
1: Certainly yes, um, Yeah, feedback from our members had, uh, had highlighted to us that the holiday let stroke Airbnb market was, was underrepresented by the high street banks. Mm-hmm. Um, just to give you a, a little stat, um, in Edinburgh as you mentioned there since 2016 Airbnb had reported listings had doubled Um, you know in just that three-year period Um, so you can see that there's a lot of potential there in terms of you know business that is able to be done Mm -hmm. Uh, but equally people who are going down the airbnb route uh, with regards to their property Um, now with regards to our proposition um, we we see a lot of people now who or we have a lot of inquiries a lot of customers who um, have maybe gone down the traditional buy-to-let route originally when they purchased their property and mm-hmm. took out a traditional buy-to-let mortgage, yeah. um, since then they've decided for one reason or another to, to actually use the Airbnb facility to mm-hmm. rent out those properties obviously on a, on a short-term rental basis. Now the high street banks uh, who offer traditional buy-to-let mortgages um, don't allow Airbnb So we've seen an increase in customers coming to us who are now looking to legitimise you know what they're doing with that property and therefore this has kind of increased the potential for holiday let stroke Airbnb propositions.
0: Because technically when you're looking at a vast majority of the lenders out there when you're going buy to let, they're looking for a PRA, they're looking for a long term tenant and they're not interested in the likes of Airbnb. Which, the worst case scenario, I guess, is that if they find out you're against the conditions, then potentially worst case scenario is that they could start repossession proceedings. Now, the chances of that happening, I would think, are very, very unlikely. They probably just force your hand and make sure that you moved away somewhere else. Um, But if you are going to move away, the problem for people moving away is, I guess, is that the lender will want to see, A, a lease, which you won't have because you've been doing Airbnb for however long. And if you don't, if you get over that hurdle, then you've got bank statements. Well, the bank statements are going to see irregular payments going in, so it will be clear that you're doing Airbnb. So you're forced into a situation, I guess, where you either stay with that particular lender um, and don't tell them, which isn't great, or, you, you come clean and you go to the likes of, of yourselves. Yeah, that's right. So what are you offering with regards to loan-to-value? Is Tell us a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, with our holiday-let product, we are able to go right up to 80% loan-to-value. Ah, okay. And, uh, and and that would be on a repayment basis. Or mm-hmm. if the customer is looking for interest only, we could perhaps go up to 75% loan-to-value. Um, so, so, yeah, we see that that has been very, very competitive yep. uh, in comparison to um, you know, other lenders who have a, a similar product. So at
0: 75%, will you do interest only or, or will that be um, capital interest or have you got a choice at that level? You've got a choice. It could right. be either, yes, yeah.
1: absolutely. So customers who are looking to pay down the debt gradually then
0: absolutely repayment is still an option with mm-hmm. those customers as well. Mm-hmm. And how do you work out how much you can borrow, because I know Leeds Building Society um, will are one of the other lenders who look at uh, Airbnb, and the way that they work out how to value it is based upon a long-term tenancy, because ultimately, I guess, they take the view that if it all goes horribly wrong, well, you're going to have to get a tenant in there long-term, mm-hmm. and so therefore, Generally speaking, you'll make more money out of Airbnb than you will out of a six-month short-term tenancy or PRA. How do you work out how much you can borrow? Yeah, we're a little bit different. Um, right. What we do
1: is we assess the the holiday let like, or Airbnb uh, property as a second property. So what we're looking at is is what what the customer has, obviously, in terms of their own earned income from their occupation, mm-hmm. um, and we uh, look at other commitments and, uh, that they may have, such as their own main residence mortgage, yep. and we look to see uh, that affordability meets both that mortgage plus the new holiday let mortgage that they're looking to take out. Now, um, what we're also able to do is take an element of the either perspective, or if there's a track record of holiday let Airbnb income coming in, we can take a, an element of that into account to help that affordability calculation. Okay.
0: Okay, so it's maybe a little bit more like the Nationwide Building Society model where they're looking at earned income rather than the pure buy to let model, which is very much based solely upon the rental income. So you're looking almost like a hybrid there that you'll look at earned income, but you'll also look at if there is. previous earned income from airbnb you'll take that into account as well that's that's correct
1: yeah so so we would either look at it like you say as a hybrid uh, across both earned income and uh, the 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 potential or the existing uh, airbnb income yeah or if the client's earned income covers it all anyway then mm-hmm. obviously there would be no need to take that uh, that additional rental income yeah into
0: yeah account. and are you seeing a spike in inquiries well what's What's happening as far as that's concerned? I mean, we we just
1: launched uh, the holiday product uh, back in August, and, mm-hmm. and and certainly, firstly, it was received very very well. Probably for the reasons you've mentioned there, it's uh, there's not many lenders that offer it, and it's underrepresented. Mm-hmm. Or, or underrepresented. Yeah. Um, and yes, we, I, I'm I'm out speaking to mortgage brokers throughout Glasgow and North Lanarkshire, which is my area, and you know this is this is a common topic of conversation. Um, we have also already completed our first uh, holiday let mortgage so it's been in it's been processed it's been drawn down um you know and we've only been doing it a couple of months um we've got a number of other applications going through uh, which you know have gone from enquiry to full application so you know the the word is out there in terms of what scottish building Society can offer for these types of customers yeah and the the increase is, is is your your increase in inquiries; is is noticeable. Mm.
0: And how long are you, obviously, I'm I'm going to ask a question about how long it takes from start to finish to getting the initial inquiry through to uh, getting the offer. What kind of turnaround are you looking at, assuming, of course, and this is a big assumption, assuming, of course, that the broker gives you all the right documentation to start with? Certainly. Well,
1: we've got a a team of about a dozen uh, mortgage underwriters in our office, our head office in Edinburgh, where all the processing's done. And ultimately, um, we are able to turn applications around very, very quickly. So as you rightly point out there, if we get an application in, um, say today, um, and it's all fully packaged with the relevant documents that we're looking for, an underwriter will review that by close of business tomorrow, and then keep the broker, um, you know, up to date with, mm-hmm. with any other requirements that we might have or any other questions yeah and once that initial underwrite is complete we'll then instruct the valuation so um, being Scottish Building Society we do cover the whole of Scotland so that includes all the kind of more remote parts of Scotland the Highlands and Islands and this product is available throughout Scotland so okay. whether it be in the cities that we've mentioned there of Edinburgh and Glasgow or whether it be you know in, in the beautiful islands out on the west coast of scotland it's so you're, looking... you're
0: you're you're going to be able to lend to the likes of to sky to aaron and, absolutely and, and like, i've yeah.
1: taken inquiries in, in in both of those areas just this week uh, as well as uh, some, some other remote islands so the, right. you know, there's some beautiful places in Scotland oh, okay. tourism is obviously on the up in Scotland yeah. as well and being the Scottish building Society, we want to represent all corners of Scotland so just going back to your point about the processing sometimes the valuation if it's in more remote parts can take a little bit longer yeah. um, than it would do in, in one of the cities um, but certainly you know we are a small team we are able to you know keep on top of service and mm-hmm. turn things around very very quickly you know for any prospective person
0: and, w- and what about restrictions on property types any restrictions on property types
1: um nothing nothing in particular that that I could state you know we, we wouldn't lend on but mm. naturally uh, we would be uh, following the, the the same type of rules that we do for somebody's main residence so um you know we would be looking for um, you know to be in an area where there is you know, holiday rental, um, you know, opportunities there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we would be looking for property that, you know, would be, um, you know, easily saleable for the client, you know, when they, when they come to move on. Um, and and again, standard constructions, that sort of thing, um, you, you know, is, is easy to do. Yeah. And some of the non-standard construction stuff as well, we are able to lend on. Um, you mentioned earlier about property above commercial premises. Again, that's something that we see see day in, day out in Scotland. There's Mm -hmm. a lot of property that's in that situation. And if somebody, for example, was doing an Airbnb property, um, you know, in a a tenement above above commercial premises, then we'll certainly consider that. The only restriction to that would be if it was directly above something that was, you know, say hot food or um, Mm -hmm. a late night establishment like, you know, a pub or something like that. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Mm -hmm. Great. Listen, that's absolutely fantastic. Um, <clears throat> and you've been with the Building Society. You've not been with the Building Society very long, but you've got, a, I mean, I looked on LinkedIn and you've got a hell of a track record. You've, you've got <clears throat> age boss, I think, for, was it 20, 18 years with Lloyds and then 13 years with,
1: with Yorkshire Building Society. That's right, yes. I, I joined the Scottish Building Society uh, at the beginning of August this year yep. um, as you quite rightly mentioned there prior to that I worked with well what was originally Bank of Scotland Halifax that turned into Lloyd's Banking Group uh-huh. but, but yeah I, I've almost come back to my roots because um, you know the first job I ever had was with the Yorkshire Building Society as you can tell from my accent that's where I hail from yeah, um, yeah. And, and yeah so so I'm, I'm not a stranger to how building societies work you know we're, we're working for the benefit of the members uh-huh. rather than the benefit of shareholders and uh you know it certainly is um you know refreshing in a sense that we are able to look at customers circumstances on an individual basis rather than you know having a set of rules that doesn't always apply to to every customer mm-hmm. you might come mm-hmm. across
0: and the role that you've got with the billing society is is the bdm the business development manager well, what do you see as the main benefit that you give to the likes of ourselves in the in the broker market
1: yeah well we're here on hand to discuss potential inquiries mm-hmm. that's more important with the scottish building sector because of the things we've mentioned there about looking at different scenarios it's not a, a one-size-fits-all where um, you know you would go find the interest rate that you're looking for and, and place the business with that particular lender mm-hmm. um, we have five business development managers working with brokers throughout scotland yeah. we support brokers through obviously educating your new products such as the the holiday let yeah. proposition. Um, we're here to you know answer just quick enquiries and questions, but I'm also here to facilitate, you know, when you've got a, a client who's looking for something in particular, I facilitate the referral through to our lending manager who works in our head office. And basically what we do is we consider the the brief details, if you like, about the customer's income, what they're looking to do, what their expenditure is. And and I present that to one of our lending managers in the office who is the ultimate decision maker. Mm -hmm. And if they like the case, uh, you know, they confirm that back to me and then I liaise with the broker then with regards to preparing the application and then you can proceed with confidence to application knowing that we've pre-agreed that scenario yeah. and we're happy
0: with it. it. It is great because it is a very hands-on process that you've got at the Scottish Building Society and there's many an occasion where um, i phoned up, David was your your predecessor sure, yeah. in the job and um, he was absolutely great in, in sort of manoeuvring it in a particular way uh, and then coming back very quickly to say, listen, this is something for us or unfortunately it's not Mm -hmm. Um, and it's really refreshing to get that because so many times when you're dealing with the large banks and building societies um, you know it's almost as if you feel as if well it doesn't fit the algorithm and that's it and you're ending up pulling your hair out because you know deep down that it is a case that should you should get lending on um, so, it's great to be able to speak to somebody and be able to say, Well, you know, if you've got certain questions about why this happened and why that happened, then well, we can answer those and then you can make um, a valued judgment as to whether or not the building society are going to lend. So, no, it's great. I, I really do enjoy when we have stuff to be able to give you, is to have that interaction. Mm-hmm. interaction with you so yeah oh that's good, so that's, that's, good to know. that's really really good um so that's airbnb can you talk a little bit about and, and if you've got a handle on this sort of rates that you're you're offering um i think what, what are you do? you're doing two years three years five years what what kind of fixed rates are you doing with the the airbnb stuff
1: right with the holiday like we um, this, is, this is our first uh entry into the holiday let market sure. so we have just got the one product available at the moment okay uh, and that's regardless of the loan to value right so the uh, the offering is a discounted product for three years and it, uh, it is 1.5 percent off of our standard variable rate for the first three years of the mortgage okay so the current pay rate with that is 3.79 percent okay so as I said, that's whether it be uh, 80% loan-to-value or, or, or a lower loan-to-value, um, the rate is the same. Good. Um, that is competitive when, when compared to the, some, of the, uh, some of the other building societies that you've mentioned already, Yeah. Uh, and, and, and the loan-to-value is competitive as well when, when compared to those lenders.
0: Brilliant, brilliant. Well, listen, it's been great. Thanks so much for for coming in. Um, I know We've we've tried to get a lot of of, um, BDMs in, and you are the first, and we've got, hopefully, a Don McVicar of Nationwide Building Society is is going to come on. Um, But what I'm finding is that a lot of the BDMs then have to sort of refer it up to marketing that then goes to somewhere else and then goes to somewhere else and then I I remember somebody and I can't remember who it was they wanted to see the transcript and the questions I was going to I said for goodness sake I mean I like to think that there's some people listening out there but it's not hundreds of thousands (laughs) of people I'm afraid it's just a little wee podcast um, to try and help the buy to let market so listen it's much appreciated that you've come in Um, just before you go we do have some questions um uh, five quick fire questions. is a case of not um, uh, thinking about this. It's all to do with firsts, okay? So it's nice and easy. Um, <laughs> you're looking slightly worried at me, but there's no need to be worried. <laughs> so, first house. What was your first house? Uh, my first house
1: that I purchased, yeah. or one that I lived in. Uh, purchased. Purchased. Let's go purchased. It was a, a three bedroom, semi detached house in Bradford, West Yorkshire.
0: And you remember what you paid
1: for it? 58,000 and when was it, that back in, in the day? 1995, I think.
0: Okay, yes. <laughs> and when did you sell it? Are you still there? No, no, no. no.
1: Um, sold that uh, about five years later. Okay, for from memory, about 88,000. Oh, that's all right. 55 to 88. Yes, yeah, that's yeah. good. Good, good, good. First car, my first car was um, a, a little red. Uh, Ford Fiesta uh, popular plus 950cc engine it had a a black roof and white white wheel trims
0: you clearly must have loved that car because you gave so much information somebody asked Uh me um, what car I would be I would probably be able to remember the, name, the, the make and the colour. I certainly wouldn't be able to give
1: anything else. It was obviously my pride and joy. I'll give <laughs> yeah. you the registration. Oh,
0: everybody knows the registration. D- Go on, what's D- that? 262 two vft Okay, and when you got rid of it, how many miles had it done? Oof,
1: I honestly can't remember. No? Yeah, no, no. Maybe a few, uh, I'd put a few on it, uh, <laughs> being that it was my first car, 18 years old, and uh, you I know, love to go out for a, a drive a in spin. it. And those, I remember cleaning those wheel trims in a bucket of water as well, Did just you? to make them sparkle and <laughs> keep them nice and so, <laughs> white. <you> yeah. <laughs> um,
0: first medal, sporting medal that you can remember?
1: Well, I remember winning a little trophy. I used to play rugby league. at um, oh, right. Um, uh, well, actually, a well-known amateur team, Dudley Hill, which is in Bradford, where uh-huh. I, um, which was near where I, I grew up. Um, I remember in the under-13s, we, we were actually runners-up in the Bradford Cup. Right, um, and uh, got a little trophy for that now the ironic thing about it is I think there's only three teams in it and we got a bye in the semi <laughs> So, uh, <laughs> so uh, but we came runners run up and you still follow the league? Uh, yes, Bradford Bulls is my rugby league team. Not done so well recently. Right. Uh, in the last few years, uh, due to financial problems and it's things. There's
0: a huge problem with the rugby league. I see yes. that they've brought back in the Great Britain side, which now seems to be populated by about twelve English and, and maybe a Welshman. Yes. Um, uh-huh. And I think they got stuffed against New Zealand at yes. the, during the weekend. Is yeah. Yeah, right? they
1: lost uh, all three tests against uh, New Zealand over the last few weeks. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: So, so the sparkle seems to have gone out of. Probably because yeah. at a time, certainly when I was growing up, it was a case of it, this is before the union had gone professional. Is that you had the likes of Jonathan Davis going over just to actually earn a decent bit of money, Terry That's Holmes right. back in the day? Yes, um, uh-huh. but it now just seems to be it's almost going the other way that league players are now coming to join the, the
1: union, the good That's guys. Right. It's, it, it's 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 certainly turned on its head in that respect mm-hmm. uh, since rugby union became uh, much more professional about 20 years or so ago yeah yeah um, yeah that's where that's where then where the money is but rugby league is very different you get a lot of people uh, in the north of england from like liverpool to hull in, in that kind of corridor there mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and rugby league is the number one sport um, and a lot of people support their local clubs yes. when it comes to the international setup it's very different to rugby union, where it's the other way around again, where everybody follows Scotland, um, you know, or, or their national team, uh-huh. and the club side of it isn't supported quite as well. Um, but certainly, I mean, Scottish Building Society, uh, you, you know, um, is a is a supporter of Edinburgh Rugby, um, and all right, no, you know, know that. our chief executive's a big rugby fan. Is he oh, right. Yeah, he was recently out uh, watching the World Cup in in oh, Japan. Right. in Japan. Yeah, on his holidays out there. So wow. So,
0: yeah that's great that's great rugby league to me the way that rugby league has got well the way that the union has gone is i think it's a terrible game to watch Mm -hmm. i think it's a poor man's 1970s rugby league Mm -hmm. it's what rugby league was like in the 70s with eddie Waring. it was bang (laughs) bang bang and there was nothing i think rugby league as a spectacle in some respects is better to watch Mm-hmm. Than union. Yeah, I think because for the, union's for the, just so staid now. Yeah,
1: for, for the for the kind of the neutral or, or the maybe um, somebody who just wants to watch a game of rugby rather than being sort of you know really following it avidly. Yeah. Um, certainly, when 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 I've shown people rugby league on the TV. Um, and they've never watched it before. They like, oh, go, it's actually quite fast and exciting. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So, so yeah, you're quite right. It's very difficult. I think rugby union is more tactical. Um, I'm not saying rugby league doesn't have tactics, but um, you know, things like the scrums are, are much less of a not. They're uncontested almost, doesn't exactly, it? Exactly. Yes. Yeah. 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 So it's very much faster about passing the ball and. Uh, an offload in the ball in the tackle so so yeah so there
0: we go a medal in rugby league that's fantastic so we've done three another two to go first flight first first flight
1: flight you went yes uh it was from uh, on the holidays uh, probably about 15 at the time okay uh, flew from lees bradford airport to jersey on holiday. And the airline was Dan Air, who uh, okay. I think a few years later uh, were no more. Right. They'd probably been taken by a, a bigger, yeah, a bigger yeah. airline. But uh, yeah, they were overtaken by, uh, uh, by another airline. But uh, okay, yeah, cool. that, that will have been in about the mid-80s as well. So. And,
0: and then the final one is first tier football. Golf or football, what, what do you oh, what do you rather
1: do? Now that's very tricky. If you'd have asked me that a few years ago, I would have, I would have certainly said golf. All right. Um, but in the last four to five years, my son, who is now ten years old, um, has, has taken up playing football for the local, you know, youth team. All right. Okay. And uh, so my involvement in football has gone from just watching an occasional game on TV to actually being one of the coaches of his football team. Oh, good. Well done, you. Um, so, so we, me, and my son live and breathe football brilliant <laughs> so well, so probably changed that in, in, in the last few years so I'll probably say football now.
0: good good well listen Nigel it's been absolutely fantastic thanks very much for popping in and uh, we'll get this out on the wires just as soon as possible thanks very much wonderful thanks
1: for your time Jonathan thanks cheers. For me.
0: cheers do you know what I really love doing The podcast, and what I really enjoy is meeting those who have got an interest in property. And there's Nigel Hammonds; he's worked all his life in the banking industry, helping individuals with mortgages. And it was just such a treat to have a chance to to speak to him. I've asked a number of BDMs. I'm hoping to get uh, Donald McVicker on from Nationwide Building Society and the Mortgage Works to come on and have a chat. And there's a, a couple of others, um, Scottish Widows have expressed an interest to come on. But I, I really do think that if we can get more of the BDMs on, then it will give you guys as investors out there and, and those who are just interested generally in property a better insight as to their criteria and, and what they actually look for and why they're not prepared to lend to some people but are aware are prepared to lend to others. So it really was a super insight with with Nigel and he obviously answered the the four or five questions about firsts uh, and that's always a a good aspect of the interviews that we do. As I say, in the intro there, I'm keen to get Paul Barry on. I'm going to go and have a a listen to his seminar on SAS's Auction House Scotland are doing that. John Loudon is has got a really, you know, if you've not been to any of the auction house seminars, I would strongly advise you to get along there. He's got some cracking speakers. He tends to have sort of three speakers. It's it's on a monthly basis. It's completely free, but. You've got to be quite quick off the mark when you see that email popped into your inbox. Make sure that you do accept because the events sell out very quickly. I'll give you a little bit more of a flavour of that next week when I get a chance to speak to Paul. Hopefully, he'll be keen enough to come on the podcast. So, So that'll be a treat for everybody because I do think SaaS investment is something that up until now, I think is something that a lot of people don't know the benefits of the SaaS investment. And Paul will certainly be explaining that at the Auction House seminar. So looking forward to seeing that. I said I'd give you a little bit of an update as far as the business is concerned. What we're finding in the business, we're obviously based out in Crow Road, is that we're starting to get more and more walk-up traffic, which is absolutely fantastic. Really, what we've bought out there is... It's just an expensive billboard in many respects. If you haven't seen us, you'll certainly will. If you go up and down Crow Road, you will come to the lights just outside that, the high school at and uh, and at Whittingham Drive, and you'll see us there. Uh, we've got a great corner. Uh, corner perspective, corner sight there and the amount of traffic I didn't appreciate. I've lived in the West End all my days and I hadn't really appreciated the amount of traffic that goes up and down Crow Road. And really what I say to, to everybody is that every car that drives past is a is a mortgage, is a potential client. And really what we've got to do is try and entice them to give us a call when they actually need a mortgage, because whilst every car's got is a is a mortgage, not everybody's obviously going to be needing a mortgage at that time so it's really encouraging and and been going really well. The numbers are going pretty well. I have to say we're looking at um doing roundabouts well I'm trying to get sort of fifteen class fifteen mortgages through a month um on average each mortgage is probably worth about twelve hundred pounds. And we are getting to a stage and and many businesses have probably found this is that when do we actually make the jump to employ somebody else? And really what I think we're going to be doing is Catherine, who's my PA, she's actually got six years experience as far as an advisor, and the idea is that we're going to put her back on the tools, and she's going to train up a new admin, she's going to do a sort of part-and-part part role initially, she's going to be doing some advising, and she'll also be doing some training of the new admin, and then we're going to get another admin in, we're going to train them up, and we're going to see how that goes. It's going to be good because it's going to allow me to release myself and to go out and, and do what I do best is go and speak to people and see if we can bring more business on board. So really encouraged with the way things have been going up until now and really hoping with a strong push that's, that's up to end of December will be the end of our six month. So I think at the end of November, which is next week, I'll give you a tally as to how we've got on but it's been a pretty strong month, and all pleased with the way things are going there. Finally, let's talk about Nationwide building society Donald vicker he's the b d m He comes in to see me every quarter or so, and I was interested to hear the fact that Nationwide Building Society have now sent out four thousand letters yes, four thousand letters to those borrowers who they suspect are doing buy-to-lets on the back of resi mortgages. Now with the advent of open banking I guess you can understand how they're able to glean that information. I suppose a lot of people who have got nationwide building society mortgages may well have a current account and open that current account up when they opened up the mortgage and Clearly, the bank have got or the building society have got access to that account as well as the mortgage account. And it doesn't take the brain of Britain to work out that, well, if they can see regular payments coming in round about 400 500 £600, pounds, whatever, then they will probably start to suspect that you are receiving rental income. And they'll know how many other mortgages you've got. And so they can put two and two together and probably work out that you should really be seeking consent from Nationwide Building Society. So they're going to look at sending out what they have sent out, 4,000 letters. And what they generally do, I think, from what Donald said to me, was that they'll give you six months to try and maybe sell the, the property Um, But if you can't do that and you're wanting a consent to let, then you're looking at them raising the interest by at least one percent, I think is what Donald said to me. So that's an interesting concept. I wonder as the rates, because borrowing, let's face it, borrowing money is so cheap at the moment that the banks and building societies are maybe getting squeezed on their margins and maybe this is one of the ways in which they can potentially increase their margin so it'll be interesting to see if there are any other lenders who follow suit and no doubt we'll get the uh, the background of that when I have chats with the various other BDMs who come in and have a chat with me Listen, trying to keep this one nice and short. I am going to try and get Barry, uh, Paul Barry, on for a chat. If we can't get him on, then I'll probably just do a 15 minute uh, podcast at the end of uh, this coming week. And let's just try, for goodness sake, let's try and get these out on a weekly basis. So, listen, thanks very much for tuning in. It's very much appreciated. We're now on Instagram, so I'm looking to try and up the amount of followers there. What I'm trying to do there is, and I suppose that's one of the reasons why we haven't done too many of the podcasts is that I've been concentrating on the Instagram. I'm trying to get that up and running and putting on um, a photograph or a comment, something to do with mortgages, something to do with property on a daily basis. We've got the blog going there. If you want to come on and have a chat with me, I know I've been trying to speak to Alex McTurk. Shout out there for you, Alex. Give me a buzz. Let's get you on. Let's see uh, and hear your chat about the property investment side of things. I know that you're very active on LinkedIn and and, uh, on the Book of Faces. So it'd be great to have a chat with you. But listen, anybody delighted to have a chat you can come into the office uh, we can do it over the phone we can do it by skype let's just have a chat have a chat about property it's a wonderful wonderful industry to be in. i'm so pleased that i made the jump from the law to get into the mortgage side of things really gets me down in the coalface face as far as the property game is concerned i know you're enjoying it hopefully you're enjoying the podcast You've been listening to Bricks and Mortar Podcast, A Sideways Look at Property.